we looked at Romans chapter 8, we were speaking about uh, the, the life of Christ that's being revealed in the gospel. And the life of Christ was revealed, firstly, the life of the Father was revealed by the Son, Jesus Christ. And that life was revealed in the word and in the deed. It was revealed in the word of life and in the miracle power of Jesus Christ. Now that same spirit has come to abide in us. When we hear the gospel, that power comes into us. And that same power is demonstrated through our lives. And we can preach the gospel and we can raise the dead and heal the sick and do all kinds of miraculous things by the power of God. Because he said, go into all the world and preach the, the gospel and these signs will follow them that believe. Okay? In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Now Nicodemus was a ruler of the Pharisees. He was one of the big shots. I'm not speaking like just, you know, class captain. I'm speaking of, he was one of the big guys. He was like parliament. He was like, you know, you know those guys around the president. He was one of them, okay? So he comes to Jesus at night because he's too scared that the people will see him. Alright? So he says to Jesus, we, the Pharisees, we know that you are from God. They persecute him all day long. They try to kill him. They try to get something against him every time. But yet he comes at night and said, we know you must be from God. Yeah. Because no one can do these signs and miracles, these wonder works, unless God is with him. Okay, now we know Jesus is called Emmanuel. God is with us. Say Emmanuel. God is with us. Okay, so Jesus said to him, You must be born again to see the kingdom. If you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time? How can he be born again? Jesus wasn't speaking about another natural birth, but he was speaking about a flesh birth. Okay? So he said, you must be born of the Spirit. Okay? So, uh, we are, we enter this world by being born as a little baby. Alright? But as we get born as a little child, we inherit a specific nature that comes down from the genes, okay? We, we, and those, that nature you can trace right back to Adam. <laughs> Alright, so, so Adam was the first man, he was made in the image of God, and then Adam uh, subjected himself to the devil, and he partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that nature came into him. And then, through the generations, that nature was just photocopied, 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 until they get you. Okay? So if you struggle with this thing, you struggle with that thing, now people want to go find the root of the problem. They want to go find, you know, how many generations back did this problem start. And, you know, people want to go cur- uh, cut the bloodline curses and people want to go cut and, and uh, cut and paste and, I don't know, copy and whatever. <laughs> All kinds of things. Uh, they they want to get to the root of the problem in the flesh and they want to try and fix the problem by fleshly things. Okay? But if you want to go back to the root of the problem, just go back to Adam. Alright. So, how did people get a a wicked nature? The nature that causes men to die. Unrighteousness, 
in human flesh. We were born. Yeah. Okay. So, was it difficult to be a sinner? No. Just be real. Yeah. Was it difficult for you to do the wrong thing? No, no it kind of came naturally. Yeah. It was pretty easy. Yeah. It was pretty easy to get angry. It was difficult to, to be patient. Yeah. It was easy to get angry. Yeah. <laughs> okay? It was pretty easy to do the wrong thing. It just was kind of difficult to do the right thing. That's the nature of Adam. Yeah. Okay? It just came natural to do the thing that leads to death. Okay, so that was the state of, of, of all of humanity. We were born. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But then we heard the gospel. And that seed word of Christ entered our hearts. Remember, we spoke about it last night. Who were here last night? Yes. Okay, a lot of you were here last night. We spoke about it in 1 Peter 1. He said, if we call God Father... You, you must know yeah. that you were redeemed. Yeah. Not by corruptible things such as silver or gold, but you were purchased with the blood of, with the precious blood of Christ. Yeah. Okay. As of a, a sacrificial lamb, blameless and, and pure and spotless. Okay? And then later he says, you were born again. Yeah. Not by a corruptible or a mortal seed but by an immortal or an incorruptible seed by the ever-living Word of God. Remember, we spoke about the Word last night, and the Word is Christ Himself, and, but the Word is the Spirit, and in the Word was the Spirit and the life. And as we hear the Gospel, that Word comes, that seed comes, and we are born again. Alright, so what did you do to be born again? You heard a message, and you believed it. Okay, so when you are born again, the fullness of the nature of God is implanted in you. So the old nature is removed and the new nature is imparted. The old thing is taken away from you and the new thing is given freely as a gift. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, who knows that scripture? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Okay, so the old things are passed away. The flesh nature of Adam was buried in the tomb with Jesus Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ now lives in me. Okay, so the old is passed away. And the things that govern the old, the law of Moses, has passed away. Behold now, all things are made new. And the new is the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, according to Romans chapter 8 verse 3. Okay, so we have been made new by the spirit. We are born of the spirit. So, okay, this is, this is a very effective analogy. Maybe not perfect, but it will get the job done. Okay. You were a crocodile. You got born again. Now you're a giraffe. Do you get what I'm saying? You were a flesh man in a flesh body. You were born again. Now you're a Christ man. And you are now the body of Christ. 
So the change that happened the moment you heard the word and believed it and received and got born again. The change is total yeah. and absolute. Yeah. Alright? Yeah. So, uh, let's... How, how can I put it? The word is spirit. Yeah. Right? Can you see spirit? No. no. It's like the wind. Can you, can you see the wind? No, you can't. You can just see the effect of the wind. Yeah. You don't see the wind, you just see the tree shaking. Yeah. Or you see the dust going in the air, but you don't see the wind itself, you see the effect of the wind. Yeah. So you don't see the spirit, you see the effect of the spirit. Yeah, amen. Alright, okay. So, the spirit is unseen. But when the Spirit has an influence on the heart of man, yeah. the Spirit becomes seen in that person. Yes, Alright, so for instance, uh, we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. We know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 6. Okay, yeah. so what are, what are the fruit of the Spirit? It's love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, temperance, kindness, self-control. And then it says, against such things there, there is no law. Yeah. Okay, so you see, so if we just take joy, fruit of the Spirit, if that joy has an influence in your heart, what happens? <laughs> you look like this. No, you look like this. There's a change you can see. So the unseen things have an influence and it becomes seen. Does it make sense? Okay, so the spirit has an influence and it changes. Okay, so in the unseen realm, in the spirit realm, the change is complete and perfect and total and absolute. The moment you got born again, you were totally changed. The old nature was completely removed and the new nature was imparted perfectly. Alright? It's, like, uh, it's like you downloaded the new app. And the old app is now deleted. It's, it's totally gone. Alright. So now, I don't, my soul man doesn't know it yet. Yeah. I don't know that yet. But as I learn who I now am, yeah. the change becomes seen. Yeah. So the more I understand who I already am, yes. the more people will see Christ in me and the less people will see Adam in me. Okay, so your life, you know, if, if we just take some invisible camera and we walk and we just video your life yeah. and everything, everything, everywhere where, pe where people can't see you, <laughs> Every, everything you think and everything you do, we just, just video everything. The fruit of your life. It is a reflection of what you believe about yourself today. So, it's not so much in trying to be different. Yeah. It's in believing that Christ has changed you totally. Okay, so, if someone is maybe uh, a thief, okay, let's just take an example, just an example. If someone maybe, he likes to take handbags, I see my wife's handbag there, he likes to take the handbags, okay. He takes a handbag, then he goes home, oh, I feel so bad, oh, I took another handbag, oh, I did it again, oh, I feel so bad, oh, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus, forgive me, I took a handbag, 
I'm a thief. Oh, I'm a big, oh, I'm a thief. I'm a thief. I'm a thief. I'm a thief. Just thinking, thief, thief, thief. Thinking, feeling bad, feeling bad, feeling bad. I'm a thief. I'm a thief. Feeling bad. Tomorrow, oh, that's a nice bird. Do you see? Because he's conditioning himself, because he's thinking he's a handbag thief, because he's looking at his past yeah. to determine who he is, who, who he believes himself yeah. to be. Yeah. Okay, so he looks at the past, he says, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, therefore I must be that. Yeah. Okay, you are not what you did. Yeah, I mean. You are what Jesus says you are. Yes. If we believe him, and we have a different idea of who we are. Yeah. Guess what? We will see a different thing coming out. Amen. Okay. So now, the Holy Spirit has come and made His home inside us. Yeah. Right? Okay. The, the download is complete. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is inside, but it's still unseen. Yeah. So now the Holy Spirit is starting to teach us. Awesome. He's starting to, to show us who we are. We're reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. You see? My son, I've washed you clean with the blood. My son, I've cleansed you. I've forgiven you. I love you so much. You are my beloved. And now instead of feeling bad and thinking, ah, oh, I'm a thief, I'm a thief. Now I'm thinking, ah, oh, I'm the beloved of Jesus. I'm the beloved of Jesus. He loves me. He's forgiven me. He's washed me in his blood. Next time, I think, I don't want to take that thing. I'm his beloved. I am now holy. He washed me. If I believe I'm holy, the holy things will just start happening. Yeah. Okay. Was it difficult with the old nature to just follow your nature? No, it was easy because it was the nature. Yeah. But now it's the same yeah. with the new nature. We are born again. The problem is we don't believe that we have a new nature. So if we simply believe that we have a new nature, then it's easy. We can just be who we are. Yeah. But you can't be who you are if you don't believe it. Yeah. So you, you need to simply believe. Who are you now? Who is the spirit that is now dwelling inside me? Yeah. Simple. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified. Adam is dead. It's not I that live. You know, all the generational stuff. It's not I that live. It's dead. Gone. Buried. Christ lives in me. Okay, so the one who's living in me is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, do you know, do you want to know who my true nature is? My true nature is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And so you. Yeah. You are born of the Word, the Son. Yeah. Amen. You are saved by grace through the blood of the Son. Yeah. The Son is dwelling in you. Yeah. And if you believe that, you are a Son. Yeah. Amen. You are standing holy as the Son. You're standing beloved as the Son. You're standing righteous as the Son. Okay, so remember 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, we who, uh, he, uh, he who knew no sin, speaking of Jesus, became sin for us on the cross, so that we might be made the righteousness of God. So you are the righteousness of God. You don't have to try and become the righteousness of God. If you believe you have been made the righteousness of God by His work, His righteousness will be seen in your life and will start to flow out of your life. 
Don't try to be better. Just be. But realize, just uh, learn who you are in Christ. That is what you need. You need to see Jesus. You need to get to know Jesus so that you can know who's inside you. And if you know Jesus and you have fellowship with Jesus, people will see Jesus inside you. But if you try to fix Adam, you are having fellowship with a dead Adam and people will see the dead Adam inside you. It's about what you believe about yourself. Simple as that. Okay. So Nicodemus came to Jesus. Jesus said, you must be born again. Alright. So now, being born again. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Do you not discern and understand that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually? Okay. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit dwells in His temple. You are the temple. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your body... <laughs> I want to put emphasis on the body thing. Your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. Whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Purchased with a preciousness. And paid for. Made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Alright? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 16. What agreement... Can there be between a temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in and with and among them. I will dwell in and with and among them. And will walk in and with and among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Huh? How awesome is that? So come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord, and touch not any unclean thing, then I receive you kindly and treat you with favor. Okay, so the thing is not, now we need to do all the religious, religious things. No, he says, just don't have that, that fellowship with the darkness. Yeah. Turn your attention away from the old stuff. Yeah. And put your attention on the, and the fellowship on the spirit, on the life that Christ has given you, okay? Have that fellowship there. And then that thing manifests like that, okay? So it's not so much in trying to be different. It's, it's just in believing who you are, getting to know Jesus, having your focus on Jesus, and not on your problem of yourself, okay? It's not in trying to fix yourself. It's in having fellowship with Jesus. Simple as that, okay? So you are this, the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are born again. The Holy Ghost already dwells in you. Yeah. You are bought with a price. You have been redeemed, First Peter 1. Not with corruptible things such as silver or gold, but you were bought with the precious uh, blood of Jesus. It says that you were bought with a preciousness. You are not your own. Yeah. Alright? Body, 
of Christ. I'm standing here in front of you, a body, head, arms, hands, legs, feet, body. Okay. Jesus was in a body on this earth, a physical body. You could see him, you could touch him, and he walked around and he laid hands on the sick and they recovered. He walked around and he preached the gospel of the kingdom and people believed in God and got saved. Right? He took the sin of the world in his body. Alright? So in his body, he paid the price. In his body on this earth, Jesus paid the price so that we who are in our body on this earth can receive the benefit of his work. Okay? So now, because of what he has done, he has poured out his spirit and we receive that same spirit in our bodies. We are now the body of Christ. So together, when we come together, we are the body of Christ. Okay, so we have different gifts and we have different functions. When we come together, you know, we bless each other, we build each other up. We, we are the body of Christ. But the moment you walk out this door, you are the body of Christ. And realize that the fullness of Christ dwells in you, in your body. Which means the following. When you find a sick person, you don't need to get the eye and the ear and the pinky and the knee and you know, the aorta together and now we need to come together and pray. So that this guy can, can you know? You stand here a body with the fullness of Christ inside you. And you say, pain go, and the pain goes. The fullness of Christ is in you, dwelling in you in bodily form. Okay. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have our redemption through His blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. So in the Son, in Jesus, we have redemption. He bought us. That's what redemption means. He paid a price and He bought us and we belong to Him. Okay? Redemption through His blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. But because He paid a price for you, you are forgiven. Right? Now He is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn of all creation. So he's the, you remember John 3.16, God loved the world, his only begotten son. God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him might not perish without eternal life. So he started off only begotten. Like every first child. is the only begotten. Until the second one pitches up. Then he's not the, the only begotten anymore. Then he's the firstborn. Do you get it? Yeah. So Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. So who's the second, third, fourth? Well, there's billions now. Every Christian. Are you not the son of God? Okay. So in the same way he's a son, in that same way you're a son. The difference between him and us is he believed he was a son. The difference is he, he had fellowship with the father because he knew he was a son. How do you have access to the Father to have fellowship? 
you need to believe the blood of Jesus makes you a son. Amen. If you're a son, you, have, you know he's your father. That's it. If you know he's your father, you know you're a son. Simple as that. Blood of Jesus, I'm a son. My father, my father. Okay, Romans chapter 8. He has not, we have not received the spirit of this world, the spirit of bondage, into fear. But he, he, we have received the spirit of adoption in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, or my Father, my Father. Okay? Alright, so we are sons and that same spirit dwells in us. He's the exact likeness of God. The visible representation of the invisible. So, that same Spirit now dwells in us. Very same. The very same Christ. The very same Christ. The very same Christ. That means, what He can do, you can do. If you see Him, you see the Father. Remember last night? If you can see what the Father does through Jesus, then you see the Father. Then, well, you see what the Father does, then you can do it. Okay, so... If anyone believes in me, says Jesus, you can do the works that I do and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. Okay, so if you're a son, all things that the son does, you can, you can do. Alright. He's the firstborn of all creation. For it was in him that all things were created and in heaven and on earth things seen and things unseen. Thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created and exist through him by his service and intervention and in him and for him. Okay, so he made all, all those things. Okay, and he himself existed before all things, and in him all things consist. He also is the head of his body, the church, seeing that he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead. Okay, what happened when Adam sinned? Romans 5 verse 12, sin entered into the world, death through sin. So death spread to all men. So even while alive in the bodies, they were, they were dead men walking. And we were also dead men walking until we received the eternal life. We spoke about the life last night. We received that life in us, raised to a new life lived in, in Christ. Okay. So now, uh, firstborn from among the dead. Okay. Remember baptism? You die, you are raised to a new life. You die, you are born again. Yeah. Alright? Seeing He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that He alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place and stand first and be preeminent. For it has pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers and attributes, should dwell in Him permanently. Okay. So all of God dwells permanently in Jesus, in His body. Okay? Verse <laughs> 20. And God purposed that through Him, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to Himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as through Him, the Father, made peace by means of the blood of His cross. Yet now, has Christ reconciled you to God in the body of His flesh through death, in order to present you holy and faultless, and irreproachable in His presence. Okay. What are you going on about this body, body, body thing? Okay. Jesus was the Word that became flesh. He came into a body on this earth. Uh, 
in his, the, in his flesh body through death, he reconciled us to God. Okay? He had to do it in a body so that we could be saved. He says, yet now has Christ reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death in order to present you holy, irreproachable faultless. Jesus died. That makes you holy, irreproachable, faultless. Are you following me? Okay. So he took the suffering of the cross on his body. So that we who were born of Adam, in our bodies we were against God. In our bodies we were, we were alien to God. In our bodies we were the enemies of God. He took all the punishment to reconcile us to the Spirit. So that now God could dwell inside us and we can be reconciled and one. So that we can be born of God. So that He can dwell inside us. So that we can be taken from the kingdom, the dominion of darkness, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Out of darkness, into light. Out of death, into life. Out of the flesh, into the Spirit. Okay, so there was a body of flesh. There was a body which was sinful. A body that was dead. Okay? Jesus took all that stuff upon himself so that he could give us the spirit crying to the Father so that we could be made alive. So that now, it's a, now we are touched by the spirit of Christ. We receive the life of Christ. We are raised to a new life even while in the body. Alright? Okay. So, so now I am no longer in the body of sin. I am now in the body of Christ. I am now no longer in the body of death. I am now in the body of Christ. Okay. So, remember, this, this is where I wanted to start. If the, the, the Spirit of... Romans 8 verse 10 says, uh, Though the body be dead by reason of sin and guilt. You know, people, people die. Though the body be dead by reason of sin and guilt. The spirit inside is alive because of righteousness that he imputes to you. Okay. Are you the righteousness of God? Are you made righteous? Why are you righteous? Because of the blood of Jesus. Because you believe in him. Okay. Righteousness imputed. Alive is the spirit inside me. So we talked about it last night. The moment that spirit takes control and starts manifesting, it starts to affect the body. Okay, remember we talked about that. Okay, so then in verse 11, you can read it. Romans 8, you can turn there if you want to. Romans 8 verse 11 says the following. And if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken my mortal body through the spirit that dwells in me. All right. So this body was dead. This body was dead. Now the spirit inside was made alive when I believed in Jesus. Now the more my mind is renewed according to who I now truly am in Christ, the more I believe who I really am, the more the spirit is taking control, the more the spirit is doing things and being made manifest inside me. 
the more this anointing and this spirit is taking control and I am saved from the inside out. That spirit is touching my mortal body and we can live. Alright, so uh, it is like a body of humiliation. But this one is a body of glory. Alright, so as we receive the sacrifice Jesus did, his, his body of flesh was destroyed on that cross. Okay? So that we could now reap the benefits. Okay. Did you know that Jesus was tempted? Did you know that Jesus had sinful passions inside him, sinful desires? He was tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. He never sinned. But that same temptation was inside him. But he withstood it. After that cross, after he was crucified and that body was placed in the tomb, when he was raised from the dead, that body cannot be tempted. Okay. We are now one with that body. Okay. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Alright. So, Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? Who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, the dictates of this body, the the laws of this body, which is the law of Moses, but the dictates of the Spirit, which is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The Spirit, the new thing, the old, the new. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh. So the law of Moses was weakened by the flesh because the flesh could not do it. Okay? The entire nature of the man without the Holy Spirit. Sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it, overcame it, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. Okay. So we're not going to mess with the flesh. We're just going to live with the Spirit. Okay. Jesus in His flesh body subdued sin, overcame sin, deprived it of its power. So in the body of Christ, sin is subdued. In the body of Christ, sin is subdued. Do you know that you are the body of Christ? He subdued it. He overcame it. He deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So if you accept the sacrifice of Jesus, You are born again into a new life in Christ. The Spirit comes into you. You are completely changed. You are now no longer a crocodile. You're a giraffe. You are no longer Adam. You are Christ. The moment you believe who you are, that thing starts to manifest more. Okay. So when you realize who I am, I am the body of Christ. 
The more I know I'm the body of Christ, the more I believe I'm the body of Christ, the more I know Christ lives in me, in me guess what? Sin is subdued in the body of Christ. So as I believe and realize I am the body of Christ, sin has no power over me. Because in his body, <laughs> he subdued it. Okay? He is the head of the body. That head has no temptation for sin. <sighs> Let's go to Romans chapter 6. just want to speak about the body. And different bodies. You're going to see something so great now in a few minutes when we go to John chapter 12. Man, I can't wait. Okay, so John, Romans chapter 6. What shall we say to all this? Are we to remain in sin in order that God's grace may multiply and overflow? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. Just go back. It says there, verse 20, Romans 5 verse 20, But the law came in only to expand and increase the trespass. So it's the law that makes sin more. Yeah. The law makes sin more. The law makes sin go higher, not grace. Grace makes the sin go, to go away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but this is what people say. I've heard it so many times. People say, yeah, you're making everything cheap. And, you know, you're, you're making the grace of God cheap. And No, the grace of God is not cheap. It's free. Yeah. And it's costly. It costs Jesus his life. Right? So you make it cheap if you, if you put in a, a watered-down standard of the law for people to try and achieve. Yeah. That's making it cheap. Okay? Alright. They say, can we now just sin because there's so much grace? No. The grace makes the sin to go away. Yeah. The more you receive grace, the more you realize I am the body of Christ, the more sin is subdued and you don't even have a desire for it. Yeah. It just goes away. It just disappears. Okay? So now, but if you should sin, you have an advocate with the Father. First John, John uh, 2 verse 4, 1 and 2. You have an advocate. If you sin, you are still forgiven. There's no condemnation. Alright? But we don't go for the sin, we go for Jesus. Alright, okay. Verse 3. Now, he answers the question of these guys that say, no, the grace, you know, makes people to sin. He answers it this way. Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. Alright, so is there anyone that hasn't been baptized yet? With water. I'm not speaking sprinkle, sprinkle. I'm speaking baptized. Okay? If you haven't been baptized, speak to Pastor Godfrey, get baptized. If you have been baptized, then this, is, this scripture is speaking to you. Okay? If you have it, just get baptized, no problem. Alright. But it's important, get baptized. Okay. He says, are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Yeah. I was buried, put in His grave, yeah. underwater. And I was raised to a new life. Awesome. So, remember last night we mentioned the scripture in... in uh, Hebrews chapter 9 says it is appointed for all men once to die. Yeah. Okay? That wants to die, baptism, get up. That's, once, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough burying and death for you. <laughs> you don't have to die a second time. If you yeah. do, don't worry, you will be raised. Yeah. Okay? But it's appointed once to die. And then it says in, in Psalm uh, 102, God has loosed us from the appointment of death. For those who were here last night. Okay. 
So now, if we have been baptized into Christ, we were baptized into His death. That means, me standing here after baptism, stand before God as if I was crucified, as if I paid the price completely, as if the righteousness was fulfilled in me completely, as if I was put in the grave and rose on the third day, and standing before God. As if. Justified. As if I've never sinned. Standing clean before God. Okay? 6 verse 4. We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the, the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. For if we have become one with Him by sharing a death like His, we shall also be one with Him in sharing His resurrection by a new life lived for God. How did we share in His death? Baptism. How do we share in His resurrection? You, you, they led you up out of the water, didn't they? You know? If death is the big thing, if death is the big idea, death is the way to the Father and the way to heaven, why don't we just keep them there? You know, they struggle a little bit and then they go... He's with, he is in heaven now. We die and we are raised so that we can live. Okay? Not so that we can die and... Death is not the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to the Father. Death is not the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to the Father. <laughs> Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Death is not the way. Okay. Okay. Is there a resurrection one day? Yes. yes, there's a resurrection. That means final destination is not heaven. Yeah. That means they're coming back here. Yeah. Because they're raised. Okay, if someone died here, they're buried here. If they're resurrected, where are they? Here. Do you get what I'm saying? So this thing, Christ is trying to say something about the body. Okay? He's trying to say something about the body. The body is here. We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with Him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be slaves of sin. Wow. Okay, just read verse 6 in the King James. He says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Take note of that. We're going to refer to it later. The body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Okay, so what is the body of sin? It's the crocodile. The crocodile got destroyed with baptism, and the giraffe was raised. But now the giraffe is identical to Christ, he still thinks he's a crocodile. Now the giraffe is running and he's trying to catch the impalas, but he can't really get to them. You know, he's, he's always wet and he's stuck in the mud and he can't really be a true crocodile anymore. Yeah. You know? And he's always hungry because he's not eating leaves. He's trying to catch warthogs. <laughs> the thing is, we, we still think we're an Adam when we try to be better. Instead of just being who we've been made to be. Okay. So the moment we got baptized, the body of sin was destroyed. And there's a new body. That body manifests all the more 
that glory that's been given to us manifests all the more as we believe who we are. Yes. Simple as that. Verse 6. Right. For when a man dies, verse 7, he is freed from the power of sin. Okay. 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 I have been crucified with Christ. He says, our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with Him. We were buried with Him in baptism. We were baptized into His death. Now He says, when a man dies, he is freed from the power of sin. Do you believe in Jesus? Are you born again? Have you been baptized? Then you are free from sin. I don't care what you're stuck with. I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care what you think you are. You are not that. I don't care what you think you're struggling with. You are free because you are not a crocodile. You're a giraffe. If you take a Ferrari, you know, flat sports car, now you want to go drive in the bush with a thing. That Ferrari is frustrated because it can't go over the rocks and it can't drive in the sand and it gets stuck. It just... That Ferrari needs to, as soon as possible, get back on the highway. So now the Ferrari has been struggling in the sand for a while. Now the Ferrari goes, "Ah, ah, ah, ah. I can't be on the highway anymore because I missed it. I missed it. I was driving in the bush. Ah, ah, ah. I, I will never be able to go on the highway anymore because I have been driving in the bush. No. Just get back on the road, then you can go fast. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. The Ferrari didn't, didn't turn into a 4x4 when it went into the bush. Yeah. It's still a Ferrari. Amen. Just get back on the road. Yes. So if you've done something wrong, just get back on the road. Just do what you were called to do. Just be who you were called to be. Alright? Alright. You are not what you did. You are what God made you to be. You are what He said you are. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going slow, but we're getting there. You're going to hear something about the body. Okay. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Yeah. There comes the life again. Because we know that Christ, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over Him. Okay. Has Christ been raised from the dead? Does death have power, have power over Jesus? No. Okay. Next verse. For by the death He died, He died to sin, ending His relation to it once for all. And the life that He lived, He is living to God in unbroken fellowship with Him. Verse 11. Even so, consider yourselves also dead to sin and your relation to it broken but alive to God living in unbroken fellowship with Him in Christ Jesus. You are not in the body of sin. You are in the body of Christ. If you understand that you can walk in glory. If you don't believe that you will keep on struggling with the body of sin with the body of death. He was a good man. Do you want to live? Yes. Okay. Then believe who you are in Christ Jesus. 
Though the body be dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive by means of righteousness that is imputed. So if we believe we are that righteousness, don't you think that life will start to quicken our mortal bodies? Okay. Alright. Verse 12. Now people start at verse 12. You can't start at verse 12. You need to you read everything to understand what verse 12 will say. Let not sin therefore rule as king in your mortal bodies to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lusts and evil passions. Okay? <laughs> Do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer and yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead. Oh man, there it is again. To perpetual life. Do you know what perpetual means? It means it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. It doesn't stop. Right? And your bodily members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. Oh, but the righteousness means life. Okay? Verse 14. For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you, since now you are not under law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. So the grace makes you free from sin. The grace brings life to you. The grace makes you the body of Christ. The grace destroys the body of sin. The grace brings the glory of God to your life so that you can live a life free of sin. There is a place where we can live free of sin. That place is called in Christ Jesus. In true unbroken fellowship with Him. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. Can't do everything, otherwise we'll be here till tomorrow morning. So, Romans chapter 7. Just a few quick things. In verse 8 he says, But sin finding opportunity in the commandment to express itself got a hold on me and aroused and stimulated all kinds of forbidden desires. For without the law, sin is dead. So this means this. The more you keep on reading the law. The law puts your focus on what what you did. The law puts your focus on the one that has already died. So the more you think on those things that you did, those things, the law puts your focus there, that thing revives. And you start to experience those things that that the baptism killed. So the more you read the law, the more you will have desires of sin. Because the law says you must not kill. You must not steal. Yeah. So what are you thinking of? Killing and stealing. Yeah. This side, it speaks of Jesus. The love of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The cross of Jesus. So what are you thinking of? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. This side, you must not steal. You must not kill. You must not whatever, whatever, whatever. You know this stuff. So you're thinking of you, and you're thinking of what you did, you're thinking of your past, you're thinking of all the stuff, you feel bad, 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 bad. Now it says, sin finds opportunity in the commandment to express itself, for without the law, sin is there. So the more I look at the law, the more I look at who I am not. And I start to believe who I am not, because God didn't say I'm a sinner, God said I am holy. So Jesus didn't die to make me a sinner, Jesus died to make me a saint. So if I believe in the cross of Christ, I will believe that I'm holy and justified and made righteous by the blood of Christ. 
But if I don't believe the cross, I will look, oh, oh I'm going to justify myself by the law. I'm going to change myself. Okay. The problem with that is this. For you to change yourself, you must first believe you are sinful to, to want to change yourself. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You must first believe that there's something wrong with you before you take the seven steps and the ten keys to do this or that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard those messages? Seven steps to do this, ten keys to do that. You know, yeah. There are so many keys, but can, just, can someone just show us the door? Yeah. 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 Do you know Jesus is the door? Amen. Okay, so the steps, the steps, the uh, so many steps to this, so many steps to so many steps to a prosperous life, so many steps to then for me to do the steps, I must believe I don't have the thing that the guy says I can have. Yeah. So he's catching me. Yeah. Seven steps to a sinless life. For me to try and do the seven steps, I must first believe that I have a sinful life before I even attempt the seven steps. Yeah. So now I'm at the place where I believe I have a sinful life. So now I believe the wrong thing about myself. Guess what's going to happen tomorrow? All this creepy crawly start coming out again. So how do you change your life? Look away from the old stuff. Look away from, from the, the past. Look away from what you did. Turn away from anything that can distract you. Repent. <laughs> Stop looking at that. Start looking at the cross. Start looking at what Jesus did for you. If you look at what Jesus did for you, Jesus will come out. Jesus will manifest. Jesus will be in your heart and mind. Okay. Romans 8 verse 5 says, The mind of the flesh. Those who are after the, the, uh, the flesh, mind the things of the flesh. The things that gratify the flesh. Those who are after the spirit, mind the things that are of the spirit. Now it says verse 6, the mind of the flesh is which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. So if I think stuff about myself which is not what the Holy Spirit said, that is death. That's why people die. But he says, but the mind of the spirit is life and soul peace now and forever. So the mind of the Spirit is life. Okay? So we need to sink our minds with what God says about ourselves. Stop believing what He says about us today. Then I can tell you, because you have been baptized in Christ, you are free. You, right now you are free. You don't have to struggle. Right now you are free. You are free. Just believe. You are totally free. Just believe. Okay. Alright, so how, how are we not free? Oh, I feel so bad about doing this. Oh, I'm trying to stop this thing, but I can't. Yeah. Oh, I believe that thing about myself. Yeah. Simple. Simple, simple, simple. Yeah. So how do I get free? I just believe what Jesus said about me. Yeah. Oh, I'm free. Thank you, Lord. You're blind. Amen. Free. Gone. You forget it and you go on with your life. Yeah. You can't return to what you can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried to find your way to some place, but you can't remember where it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you get lost. You can't find the place. Yeah. You can't return to what you can't remember. <laughs> you need the GPS. The law is the GPS to your old life. 
the grace is the GPS to the life in Christ. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I think, okay, that was good enough. Let's go on Romans 7 verse 19. Okay. Verse 18. He says, For I know that nothing good dwells within me. He's now speaking of all those desires of the flesh. Okay? That is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot perform it. I have the intention and urge to do what is right, but no power to carry it out. So if we go with the law, we get stuck here. Oh, I want to do the right thing, but I'm always doing the wrong thing. Verse 19. For I fail to practice the good deeds I desire to do, but the evil deeds that I do not desire to do are what I'm ever doing. Have you ever felt like that? I have also. Guess what? You've, look, you've been looking at the law. <laughs> if you struggle to do something, and you, you keep on doing the wrong thing, but you want to do the right thing, you're struggling with the law. So what's the answer? You're forgiven. He purchased you. Okay. Verse 20. Now if I do what I do not desire to do, it's no longer I doing it, uh, but the sin which dwells within me. Okay. So that is when you look at the law. So I find it to be a law within me that when I want to do what is right and good, evil is ever present with me and I'm subject to its insistent demands. For I endorse and delight in the law of God <laughs> in my inmost self. But I discern in my bodily members, in my body, the sensitive appetites and wills of the flesh, a different law at war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that dwells in my bodily organs. Okay, but just after that, Romans 8, he says, the law of the spirit of life has freed me from the law of sin and death. Okay, so he's now speaking of the guy looking at the law. All right? So now, verse 24. Oh, unhappy and pitiable and wretched man that I am, who will release and deliver me from the shackles of this body of death? Oh, thank God He will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so how am I released? Oh, I get baptized. The body of sin is destroyed. The things in the, it's, the body is made inactive for evil. Christ is alive in us. Christ is active in us. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable and decays, but the body that is resurrected is imperishable, immune to decay, and immortal. The body that is sown is perishable and decays. The body that is resurrected is imperishable, immune to decay, and immortal. I first need to go to John chapter 12, then we go... Just keep your finger there. We're going to come back. Just quickly. John chapter 12, one verse is quick, and then we go back. Okay. Verse 24. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more, but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. If a seed remains, it's one. If it's planted, it dies. Yeah. But then it grows and brings a harvest. Yeah. Jesus is the seed. Yeah. 
Jesus was planted. He died. Out of him, out of that seed grew a plant. Bearing many seeds. So that plant is still that body. It was sown, but it was raised a different body. That body bore a harvest of different seeds. Like the other one. Okay. If you take corn and you plant it. Do you see that corn again? No, it dies. It's in the ground. It's gone. The plant grows. Many seeds come. Does the new seeds look like the first seed? Yes. Yes. Do you see the first seed? No. no. But do you see the first seed in the other seeds? Yes. Okay. Jesus, do we see him? No. But do we see him in his body? Yes. This seed was planted. He was raised. There was a harvest of seeds, which is the church. Now we see him in the church. He yielded a rich harvest, many like himself. Okay, so the body that was sown is different than the body that, that came out. So the body of Christ now is the church. The body of Christ then was one body. The body of Christ now is the church. Many that look like the original. All right. 1 Corinthians 15. I hope this is blessing. Okay. <laughs> the body that is sown is perishable and decays, but the body that is resurrected is imperishable and immortal. He says, even so consider yourselves also dead to sin and alive to God. Okay. Body of Christ. It is sown in dishonor and humiliation. It is raised in honor and glory. It is sown in infirmity and weakness. It is resurrected in strength and endured with power. Jesus was sown. He stood up out of the grave. We were baptized. We came up out of it. We are one with Him. Okay. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a supernatural body. As surely as there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. So it was first our natural sinful life. We were buried in baptism, raised the spiritual life. Okay? The first man was from out of earth, made of the dust, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. We are now one with Christ. The second man is the Lord out of heaven. The new nature inside you is Jesus Christ Himself living inside you. 48. Now those who are made of the dust are like Him who was first made of the dust, earthly minded. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven, heavenly minded. You know, mind of the flesh, mind of the spirit. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we. And so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. He's speaking of us, not one day. But I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot become partakers of eternal salvation and inherit and share the kingdom of and share the imperishable, uh, share in the imperishable immortal. Okay. The crocodile cannot share with a giraffe. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. He's not saying one day in heaven. No, those guys will come back here. They will be raised. Alright? So, flesh and blood. Remember what we said last night. All flesh is like grass. The flower fades and drops off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. So we are born of the word of the Lord, which endures forever. Okay. So those who are born of the word, that supernatural part, we can inherit. But the flesh thing, if you just stand on the flesh and the works of the flesh and the law of Moses, cannot inherit. If you want to see the kingdom, you must be born again. You can't see the kingdom by trying to fulfill Moses. You must be born again. You must receive the spirit, which is the supernatural. It's the super on the natural. The Holy Spirit coming on our body. The word became flesh. The anointing coming on you. It's a Christian with the spirit. That's what he's talking about. The inheritance is the spirit. (laughs) Okay. All right. Take notice. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all fall asleep in death, but we shall all be changed. (laughs) We shall not all fall asleep in death. He says in the the King James, "We we shall not all fall asleep in death, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet, for a trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable. Okay? A trumpet throughout the Bible is a message that is preached. It's not boop and then everything goes up in flames. That's not what it's about. A trumpet's a message. I'm blowing the trumpet. Okay? I'm sounding the trumpet. I'm preaching a message. Okay. The trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable, free and immune from decay. And we shall be changed. So those who died will be raised imperishable. But those who are alive, we shall be changed and transformed. For this perishable part of us must put on the imperishable nature. And this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality, freedom from death. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this that was capable of dying puts on freedom from death, then shall be fulfilled the scripture that says, Death is swallowed up, utterly vanquished forever, in and unto victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Now sin is the sting of death, and sin exercises its power upon the soul through the law, the abuse of the law. What is the abuse of the law when you try to keep it? What is the true application of the law when you see Christ in it? Okay. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Death swallowed up in victory. Okay. All right. Do you get the thing of the bodies? Yes. All right. Now we can read 2 Corinthians 5. This is the message. (laughs) I just want to give you some kind of a perspective on the scripture because
people just want to fly away a glory to Jesus when they read this. But this is not what it says. Okay? The scripture is not telling you to fly away to Jesus. It's not telling you to... It's telling you to... To receive. <laughs> okay. Second Corinthians 5. I'm going to start in the King James Version. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Okay. We know that if the tent which is our earthly home is destroyed, dissolved, we have from God a building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Where do we dwell? We dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Where does Christ dwell? Christ dwells in our bodies. Where do we dwell? We dwell in Christ. Where is this place we've been talking to? We're talking about in Christ. It is our dwelling place. Our Father's house. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. In Christ. Christ is spirit. Yeah. It's an unseen place. It's in heaven. Heaven is the presence of God. Yeah. So we have this dwelling eternal in, in the heavens. Yeah. Okay. So we are in Him and He is in us. His dwelling place is us and He is our dwelling place. Okay? Amen. Make sense? Alright. If our earthly tent is destroyed, okay. If the crocodile is destroyed, do you get what I'm saying? Just keep your finger there. Just go back to Romans chapter 6. Please let the revelation fall that we can see the truth. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. <laughs> the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. The old man, the old nature, the flesh nature, the body of sin destroyed. We are no longer the body of sin, we are now the body of Christ. Go back to 2 Corinthians 5. He says, We know that if our earthly house is destroyed, or the tabernacle is destroyed, where did we dwell before? In the things of the flesh. The mind of the flesh, sense and reason of the Holy Spirit, is death. We were dwelling in the things of this world. Now we are dwelling in Christ. We were the body of sin. We were the body of death. Now we are the body of Christ. We were buried. The body of sin destroyed. We are raised to a new life. We are now the body of Christ. Okay. If the body of, of the tent, which is our earthly home, this old thing is destroyed, we have from God, from God. So it's coming from God. From God. A home. Okay? A building, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That means that heavenly place in Christ is our dwelling place. Do you get it? I'm, are you hearing me? I'm struggling a bit to, to get through. It doesn't make sense. Okay. Alright. So you receive from God your new house, which is the Spirit, which is in Christ. Alright. So now he says, 
Here indeed in this present abode, the body, we sigh and groan inwardly because we yearn to be clothed over. We yearn to put on our celestial body like a garment to be fitted out with our heavenly dwelling. So we put it on like a garment. Okay? Alright. So, you see, as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus, okay, were baptized into His death. But Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says, As many as were baptized into Christ Jesus have clothed yourselves with Christ. Okay, so the baptism, yes, we are buried and raised, but it also is a clothing with Christ. We yearn to put on our new body, our celestial heavenly body. We yearn to put it on like a garment. Okay, uh, Isaiah 61 verse 10, Isaiah 64 verse 6, uh, he says, our, our righteousness are as filthy rags. But He clothes us with uh, a robe of righteousness. Amen. He clothes us with a robe of righteousness. Our righteousness, filthy rags, stinky garment. Yeah. But He clothes us with a robe of righteousness. Okay, so we are clothed over with Christ. We yearn to put on our celestial body like a garment in Christ, in the garment. Okay. So that by putting it on, we may not be found naked. Yeah. Like Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, where are you? Oh, I was afraid, so I hid myself because I was naked. Who yeah. told you you were naked? Did you not eat from the tree? Yeah. Sure. Alright? Okay. For while we are still in this tent, we groan under the burden and sigh deeply. That's the crocodile nature. Yeah. We groan, ah, we don't want, we're struggling, I don't want to struggle with this stuff, okay? We groan deeply, way down, depressed, depressed, not that we want to put off the body, but rather that we would be further closed, so that what is mortal, our dying body, may be swallowed up by life. Resurrection, life. Do you get what I'm saying? It's the simplicity of receiving the life that was given at the cross. Amen. The Spirit of Christ. The Word of life. We receive the life inside. Now my flesh body becomes the clothing of the Spirit. But now I have this promise inside me, the unseen Spirit. Now I start believing what He's telling me. And things start to manifest. Things start to, and I'm being clothed over with the manifestation of the Spirit. With the manifestation of the glory. And things start to change and Christ is seen more and more. Okay? Until He is completely fully formed in us. Isn't that the purpose? Ephesians chapter 5, He gave us gifts, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the full equipping of the saints, that we all might attain oneness in the faith. Until we all come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Okay? Alright. Is that everything or am I still missing something? Okay, He has fashioned us for this very thing is God who has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the fulfillment of the promise. I basically just said it. We have this Holy Spirit as a hope 
and he's taking control of us until we are clothed over with grace. So that that which is mortal is swallowed up in life. The perishable must put on imperishable. That the mortal must put on immortality. Alright. So we yearn to be clothed over with a garment that is from heaven. Okay, so uh, we now living in a flesh body. But we have the spirit inside us as a guarantee. But the, we can be clothed over more and more. I'm speaking of the reality, the manifestation now. The more we realize what's happened when we were baptized, the more we realize who we are, that thing comes upon us. Okay. Alright. One more scripture and we're done. What's the end of all this? We're going to have a glorified body. Okay. Those of me have justified is also glorified. Those of me have justified is also glorified. Okay. Alright. John chapter 17 verse 17. Okay, John 17 verse 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Verse 20. Neither for these alone do I pray. It's not for their sake only that I make this request. Thank you, brother. Bless you. But also for all those who will ever come to believe in me through their word and teaching. So that's for all of us. Yeah. That they may be one. Just as you, are, uh, you Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. So that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me. That they may be one even as we are one. I in them, you in me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, so that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me, and that you love me, uh, them as you've loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have entrusted to me as your gift to me, may be with me where I am. Where is Jesus? At the right hand of the Father in heaven. So that they may see my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Okay. O just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you and has failed to recognize you and has never acknowledged you, I have known you continually and these men understand that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them and revealed your character and your very self. I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them and felt in their hearts. Okay, just turn to verse number 3. And this is eternal life. It means to know, perceive, recognize, become acquainted with you, the only true God, and likewise to know Him, Jesus, as the Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and likewise to know Him, Jesus the Christ, 
the Messiah whom you have sent. Okay. So how will we walk in a glorified body? Fellowship with Christ. To know Him. Let our vision be to know Jesus. Let our focus be to know Jesus. In fellowship with Jesus, we believe who we truly are in Christ. We are clothed over. Death is swallowed up in life. The mortal is clothed with immortality. The perishable is clothed with the imperishable. We are clothed with Christ. Christ is seen. His glory is shown. And our bodies are fashioned after after his own. We are the body of Christ. Okay? Even so, consider yourselves also. Dead to sin and alive to God. Okay. May you be blessed. May you be blessed. Your bodies, as you are sitting here now, are washed by the blood of Christ. Your bodies, as you are sitting here now, are set free from sin and death. You believe in Jesus, you are free. Just believe it about yourself. You are washed in the blood, you belong to Jesus, you are bought with a price, you are not your own. You belong to Him, He lives in you, He dwells in you. James chapter 4 verse 5 says, uh, The Spirit yearns to be welcomed with a jealous love. The Spirit yearns to be welcomed with a jealous love. That is why He gives us more and more grace. The power of the Holy Spirit to meet all evil tendencies fully. Okay? He will give you more grace. He will give you more grace. He will give you more grace until you see yourself as Christ sees you. Until you look like Him, talk like Him, do like Him. Until you are completely swallowed up in Him. Until you are looking just like Him. Clothed in Christ. Awesome. Alright? Awesome. Alright. So, may you be free. May you experience this freedom that's been given. Yeah. It's been given. It's been given. Don't struggle a day longer. You are free by the blood of Jesus. You are free from sin. You are free from death. You are free from all desires of the flesh. You are free from the mind of the flesh. You are free from poverty. You are free from sickness. You are free from anything that could try and destroy you. The body of sin is destroyed. You are the body of Christ. How simple can we be? Hallelujah! Hallelujah!